your work week is over. Kick back and get the latest on the Colts and the NFL. This is The Last Word, the off-season home of the Colts, with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to The Last Word. My name is Jeffrey Gorman, joined each week by the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. We are brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today. Make every moment more. Okay, Matty Ochi Taylor, let's talk some football. I was going to start... With the off-season program of the Colts that's coming into full gear here in a little bit. But let's stop for a second because there are reports out there. The Colts have not said anything official yet, but it is out there. Stephon Gilmore is a Colt. He fills a huge need in the Colts secondary. If and when this becomes official, Matt, what do you think about this player the Colts are adding? Well, first of all, exciting. I mean, some of the people out there, like there's been fans that have been clamoring for it. Like, let's... Let's have an aggressive offseason. Let's start to make some splashes. Well, you got Matt Ryan, Unique Ngakwe, and Stephon Gilmore. So I think this qualifies as an aggressive offseason. That's exactly what this is. Stephon Gilmore, really, really exciting player. He can still play at a high level, Jeffrey. He's been one of the best shutdown corners in the game the last five or you know so years. It's not an accident. He's been to the Pro Bowl five in the last six years. You know, last year you look at what he did. He was traded midseason to the Panthers from the Patriots. Started the year with a quad injury that he suffered at the end of the season prior. But once he came back, man, a really consistent player, shut down guy again. And he was the best player on defense in the NFL not that long ago in 2019. He's been in the running for that award in other years as well. Um, He's led the league in pass breakups twice. He has 27 career picks. So even in his early 30s, this is a guy that can still play, take away half of the field, shut down elite receivers, and help the Colts in the passing game. And that's been their Achilles heel the last few years on defense, giving up high completion percentage, giving up big numbers in the passing game. This is a great get for the Colts. It fills a big-time need and a big-time win for Gus Bradley, and I think a, a big upgrade on defense. Rakison gone to the Raiders. In comes Stephon Gilmore, Matt Taylor, and Jeffrey Gorman. And I like the way that you said that. I don't know what this, this young man brings to the locker room. Don't know that much about him just yet, but like you said, a guy who's been around this game for a long time, bringing in veterans. Chris Ballard has been busy this offseason. We've seen it with Carson Wentz to the Commanders, then getting Matt Ryan in here, Rodney McLeod and Brandon King now in the mix. A couple of other guys that are veterans have been around a while. What are we looking at with these new faces, especially with McLeod and King? Yeah, it was a busy week as far as free agency is concerned. You, You talk about when and if Stephon Gilmore becomes official and then McLeod and King, you know, McLeod is obviously going to bring a ton of experience and leadership to that secondary at safety, and he might be countered to play a lot, maybe early in the season, depending on how things go with Julian Blackman and his Achilles injury. But McLeod, he knows what it takes to win. He's won a Super Bowl. He will be a proven voice in the secondary with some guys that are still relatively young, been a starter since 2013, 35 career takeaways, has flexibility too. He can play the strong safety position. Um, He can play the free safety position. I think eventually he'll rotate where they need him, whether that's for Blackman or for Willis. And then King, he's been primarily a special teams guy. In fact, Jeffrey, he's only played two career snaps 
on defense um, for his career. He's listed as a, a linebacker. Belichick, a Belichick guy that they simply stuck around for special teams and special teams only, never seen the field in, in, in regular play. I'm just talking about in specials. And the Colts ate him up. And, and for New England to get rid of guys like that, we've seen what Slater's done over there Matthew for years. Slater, yep. I mean, yep. I mean, if, if he is anything in the mold of Slater, the Colts got a good one, a guy that's going to say, hey, I'll make a difference on specials. But he can also play, man. He just hasn't had a lot of reps. And, and I think that's exactly what the Colts want. He's very familiar with Bubba Ventrone. He broke into the league in 2015 with the Patriots. Bubba was his assistant special team coach. Of course, Bubba now the, the special teams coach here for the Colts. So he's very familiar with him as a person, as a coach, and the special team schemes. And the Colts have lost George Odom and Matt Adams in free agency. So King provides some good special teams play for the Colts. And he's tough as nails. We interviewed him earlier this week. A really good guy, good head on his shoulders. And he's been able to carve out a nice little niche for himself in that third phase of the game. This offseason workout program right around the corner. It starts up on Monday. Uh, it's voluntary nine-week offseason program. They conduct it in three phases here. Phase one consists of the first two weeks of the program. Activities limited to just meeting, strength and conditioning, and physical rehab only. The Colts 10 days of organized team activities are going to start on May the 24th. No live contact. Contact Maytay, but seven on seven, nine on seven, and eleven on eleven drills are permitted during these workouts. So guys are going to get fresh, guys are going to get oiled up, and finding these <laughs> new faces. Uh, you know what I'm saying? The, the, this is the Let's time go. of year to year. Let's go. You're knocking off the spider webs. But what's the most important things to get accomplished? You think for this new group, especially blending with the old Colts? Yeah, I mean certainly the big one. You know Matt Ryan, get to know his teammates, uh, specifically the guys on offense. Jeffrey, this is – I thought about this the other day. This is the first off-season workout program that the Colts will have a healthy starting quarterback for the upcoming season participating in it since 2018. Think about that. All right, think about how beneficial this is going to be for the Colts with a, a, a fresh start and time on task prior to the regular season. You right. know, Frank Reich has talked openly this off-season about how every aspect of the passing game – has to improve, so all of the seven-on-seven routes the Colts are going to get in later on this offseason, those are going to be big. Time in the meeting room between the quarterbacks and the receivers to go over tendencies, likes, dislikes, that's so important. And then on defense, you're literally starting from scratch with a new defensive coordinator, a new defensive staff. The defense has to learn the fundamentals of Gus Bradley's scheme. It needs to learn the basic principles, uh, the checks, the audibles, they have to get all of that down before training camp so they can get a little bit more complex in the summer um, once you do report to camp. And then the last thing, I, I speak for every fan listening to this, is stay healthy. And that takes, that takes luck, but also takes a plan. And I think the Colts definitively have had plans in the past. They've just ran into bad luck. But they want to be smart and also maximize the time they have on the field with these players in the spring you just want to avoid that major injury in the spring, those major injuries at the start of workouts, similar to what you saw at the start of training camp last year for the Colts. And I don't think it's anybody's fault. It just happened, right? It was just unfortunate. You had that injury to Wentz, injury to Braden Smith, Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard was banged up with the ankle. 
know, T.Y. Hilton towards the end of camp. Ryan Kelly had that elbow. You just want to get things accomplished with no major injuries this offseason, starting with the offseason workout program. Amen to that. Mate, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. I'm Jeffrey Gorman. When we come back, we're going to talk about some more new faces that could be wearing the horseshoe. That's right. The NFL draft is coming up, so we're going to talk with one of the best in the business about the NFL draft. That's Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network. He's going to tell us what the Colts think, uh, what they're thinking to do in the second round, why quarterbacks are drifting up the draft board at a rapid pace and a whole lot more. We are two weeks away from draft weekend. Daniel Jeremiah coming up. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. I'm Jeffrey Gorman. This is the last word, 93.5-1075, The Fan. Can't get enough football? You're in the right place. This is the off-season radio home of the Indianapolis Colts. The last word with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor from the Power Home Solar Radio Studio. Welcome back. It's the last word. We're brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today and make every moment more. Matey, what are you doing with Social D here? I like social distortion. Punk rock, uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Punk rock, oh, social wheelhouse. distortion. <laughs> Not really. But I do, oh, I do like on. this band. I think JMV turned me on to this band. I think he that's did, that of happened. course. He loves you know? social DJM. Yeah, he does. does. But you're that, you're that late 90s guy. You're, Closing time. <laughs> go away, you Vegas. And you Vegas. You, can't you know that stuff. Stay <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. When are you sitting in with JMV on his radio show? That would be a hoot. Uh, well, we did that last year. Listen, it's it's like watching a robot. He does not sit still for four plus hours. Oh, he's an idiot. Oh, listen, no, he's, know it. he's I mean, running the board. On. He's answering phones. He's taking calls and requests and <laughs> Love you know, the teeing guy. up but the no, next no, song. I'm it's saying, amazing. You've got, but you've got a good ear, and you especially like that '70s rock, that sort of stuff. Like you know, we can get into golden <laughs> earring and stuff. That's why I want to see the mix. But he'll play Echo and the Bunnymen. You'll play Golden Earring. Listen, <laughs> it's coming up. Download the weekly official Colts podcast featuring the latest news, analysis, insight, and interviews regarding your Colts. This week, we talked with new Colts senior defensive assistant John Fox. Had sit-downs with new free agent signing Brandon King as well. Our Inside the Draft series continued. Had a chat with Shane Hallam from the Draft Countdown. Also, opened up the mailbag on the podcast, answered fan questions, which we love to do on the free agency and the upcoming NFL Draft. You can check those podcasts out right now on Colts.com. The Colts mobile app and Colts audio network anywhere you download your podcast all right we told you about Daniel Jeremiah we are talking all things draft all things Colts take it away Matt Taylor all right thank you Jeffrey indeed we are two weeks away from the NFL draft so it's awesome right now to catch up with Daniel Jeremiah NFL draft analyst at the NFL network he's also the host of the move the sticks podcast along with Bucky Brooks and of course NFL draft coverage on the NFL Network starts on April 28th through the 30th, live from Las Vegas. Daniel, thanks so much for the time, man. Happy draft season. Oh, it's great to be with you. Just uh, walking into NFL Network right now, looking at SoFi off to my right. There you go. To, uh, to get an inch a little bit closer in this draft. It seems like it's taken forever to get here. No question about it. And and you've you've done this for so long now, several different capacities. You've been a scout for three different teams here with about two weeks to go before the draft, what are you doing? How are you fighting paralysis by analysis right now, knowing most of the tape has been watched, the pro days have been evaluated? How do you fight overthinking it this time of year? Well, it's really just about 
you know, trying to go back to what your first thoughts were on these players, you kind of go on a journey, right? You, you watch the tape um, and kind of as you go through the season, at the end of the season, you get your notes down. And then all of a sudden, all this craziness happens in the spring when you start looking at all-star games and, and you, you go to the combine, you go to pro days, you talk to sources, you get information. So you take all that in. And I think a lot of times you overreact to some of that. And, uh, and then it maybe swings you one way or the other. And I think gradually this last like three weeks before the draft, I try and make sure that I find a good balance there of saying, okay, let's go back into this thing. And maybe, maybe it was 50, 50 from the tape versus all those other things I just mentioned. I want to, at the end of the process, now, okay, now let's make this 75, 25 of what you saw on the tape and kind of course correct and get it back where it needs to be. How much, you know, from, from different angles, you know, with the draft, covering the draft, like I said, you've been a scout, you've been with teams, now covering the draft at a high level within the media, do you still get that satisfaction from the draft like you did while working with the team? Yeah, it's weird. You know, it's a uh, – you don't get quite those – those highs that you've got with the team, mm-hmm. but you also don't get that terrible, awful moment, which every scout has had, which is when you go to that first rookie mini camp and you look at the guy that you stood on the table for and you watch him stumble over himself and you go, Oh crap. Uh, so I don't, I don't, I don't have those lows either, but it is like, I tell everybody this, this job is like being a teacher. You work, you know, you work really hard through the whole year. And then we get here to the end, and this is kind of like final exam week when you get to the draft. And then after that, you get to kind of relax a little bit. So it's a, it's a, it's a good feeling when we get there. It's Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network analyst and also the host of the Move the Sticks podcast along with Bucky Brooks. And, of course, NFL Network provides live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft coming up from Las Vegas April 28th through the 30th. All right, so we know the quarterback class it's not as deep as it has been in years past. But you had a really interesting thought the other day. You put this out there. You know, teams are interested in quarterbacks not just based on talent. They're interested in young quarterbacks on rookie contracts. Can you explain what you meant by that for those that missed it? It has so much to do with, with roster construction, maybe as much as it does with production on the field. Yeah, I just think everybody you know looks at these decisions as kind of, this or that, you know, you say, okay, well, I've got my quarterback and my quarterback, I compare him to this draft class and I'll say, okay, well, I think my quarterback that I already have is a little bit better than him. It's close, but I think I'll keep my guy. But what you have to factor in is it's not, it's not, you know, Kenny Pickett in this draft versus your quarterback. It's Kenny Pickett plus what you get to do with the extra 25 to $30 million worth of savings uh, for the next four years, uh, that that's the comparison. And I think that's why, you know, if it's close in baseball, what I say, tie goes to the runner, you know, if it's it all close, if you think the evaluation is anyway close, you have to go with the younger rookie mm-hmm. quarterback. It's just too much of an advantage from a salary standpoint. Yeah, it's Daniel Jeremiah with us and, and staying on quarterbacks. You know, Baker Mayfield still on the market. Um, you know, he had some comments this week on a podcast, former number one overall pick, and he's had some good moments in the league. But we, we've seen teams in the past trade draft picks for known commodities at several different positions, but that's not happening right now with Baker Mayfield. Why do you think teams are more willing to roll the dice on the draft at quarterback rather than Mayfield specifically at this point in free agency? Well, I think it's his situation is, is unique because, you know, he's going to come with a decent sized number on the last year of this deal. Um, then, so you're going to, how much assets do you want to trade? Not only to take on that number, 
but then also knowing, okay, best case scenario, he plays really well. Now you got to figure out the new contract. That's not worked out yet either. So there's just some gray area there with him. And I think some of these teams are almost playing chicken with the Browns thinking, okay, they're, they're not going to be able to move him at this number. They're eventually you know, going to release him because they're not going to want the distraction. It's already going to be a distraction and it's going to be a media circus uh, with Deshaun Watson coming in there. And now you're going to have Baker Mayfield out there as well. Um, so I think some teams feel like, uh, you know, look, the day's going to come where they're eventually going to say, we're just, you know, we, we can't mm-hmm. go forward like this and they'll release him. So it's a little bit of a game of chicken. Daniel, what did you make of, of the Matt Ryan move for the Colts? How viable does Ryan make the Colts entering his age 37 season? Well, I liked it. I thought when you look at all the different options that they had, I don't know if they could have done better in terms of what they had to give up, what little they had to give up um, to bring in Matt Ryan. So, uh, no, I really like it. Now, the, the one thing I'll say about the Colts is, I, you know, when you look at the roster, this is not – I think sometimes it gets falsely labeled as, like, one of the top three or four rosters in the NFL. There's some holes they've got to fill. They, they've got to crush this draft. They've got to be creative um, and uh, and find a way to fill some of these spots because it's not – you know, you look around the AFC, I, I would say that they're, they're a really good roster, but I would not say they're one of the three or four best rosters in the in the conference right now. Yeah, let's pick up there because Matt Ryan is here, unique in Gakwe, picked up in a trade. But as you said, right, they have lost some some veteran starters this offseason as well. What are the Colts' needs, in, in your opinion, heading into this draft? How does that align with the depth of this draft? Well, I think you look at the tackle position is, is an obvious one. Um, I, I think this draft – you know, it, it's it's a it's a solid group of tackles. I don't think it's really really deep, um, and I don't think there's you know the premier guys up at the top, which is not gonna not gonna matter with the Colts. But um, you know that, that's that's an area I think you could look. And I think continuing just to add more firepower on the outside. Uh, I love Michael Pittman and what he brings to the table. I, I think trying to get somebody else to go with him and Paris Campbell. You're hoping and wishing, but. Um, I don't know that you can rely on that at this point in time. So those are just a couple areas I, I would keep an eye on. Daniel Jeremiah is our guest NFL Network analyst, and you also see him and hear him on the Move the Sticks podcast along with Bucky Brooks. And, again, NFL Network is providing live coverage of the draft coming up April 28th through the 30th. So if you're a team like the Colts that could be looking at, at a wide receiver, um, you brought up tackles as well in the second round, can you afford to deviate – from wide receiver in the second round, or is there a fall off at wide receiver after the first couple of rounds based on how you evaluate this? Yeah, I think it's a good, it's a deep group and we're going to have that with wide outs, um, you know, from here to the, to the cows come home because the college game is playing with four and five wide outs on just about every team. So there is depth, there is talent there. Um, when you look at guys though, that are in that kind of second round range, there's some, you know, there's some, there's some really quality players that are going to be able to, to come in and have an immediate impact. So uh, yeah, they could, they could wait, they could afford to wait, I should say. But um, man, I think if you want impact day one impact, I think that'd be a, a great opportunity to take one of those right there. Daniel, would you be surprised to see the Colts draft a quarterback on, on day two? And, and if they did, what would that tell you? What would that mean? Well, the name that you hear with them, and I've heard for a while with Sam Howell, um, just kind of heard that that connection. Mm-hmm. So that would be the one that would be kind of fascinating to me. And I, I look, 
if if you love him, if you think that he's got a chance to be the long term, you know, solution at the position, you obviously have no rush to get him on the field right now because of Matt being there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you feel that, I think you ha- you it's an obligation to the organization to take him. That's a that's a you know potentially a ten to fifteen year solution at the position. If you think you have that, uh, yeah. Even though you, I just mentioned, I think some other holes that they sh- they need to fill and in, in, in order to be a championship level team. Uh, if you think that guy can be your starter in the future and, and do it for a decade plus, you got to take him. No question about it. We'll see how it goes. Again, Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network is our guest. Final couple of things. What happens at the top of the draft, in your opinion? we got two teams here in the AFC South trying to rebound. you got the Jaguars at one, the Texans at three, Daniel. How do you see the top of the mm-hmm. draft shaking out with those two teams in mind? Well, I think with the – with the Jags there at the very top, everybody's you know kind of pointing to the same thing, which is one of these two edge rushers with Aiden Hutchinson and Trayvon Walker. Um, I still think when it's all said and done, they land on Aiden Hutchinson. I just think it's it makes too much sense. It's a it's a pretty it's such a just a clean prospect in terms of the production plus the athleticism. All everything just adds up with him. So that would be my guess of where they land. The Houston Texans are a little bit trickier to try and figure out. Um, I think when you look at them and, and look at the different options that they may be presented with, I come away thinking, you know, if they're not if they're not in the belief that that Larry Tunsil is going to be there long term, that uh, you know these offensive tackles, whichever one they prefer, Kwanu yeah. or, or Evan Neal, probably make the most sense for them there at number three. All right, last thing, let's go local here in Indianapolis. There's a few guys from Purdue that I think that you're pretty high on, George Karloftis and then David Bell. What do you make of those guys and, and those players transitioning to the NFL, respectively? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Karloftis fan. He's a polarizing player for some reason. There there are teams that, that are not as high on him, and there's teams that really appreciate him. He's a, he's a pure power rusher. Um, I think he's my 16th overall player, so – um, I love I love his ability to create some knockback. He plays with a huge motor, never stops. He's just not real bendy or kind of loose as an athlete, which is a bother some people. Uh, but I think a lot of the best rushers in this league are, are power rushers. So I'm a fan of his. David Bell, you know, didn't run as well as you were hoping he would run, um, but I think he's probably in this in this class, which is such a deep group. I think he's probably a third or fourth round pick. Um, just a real smooth, smooth athlete, and he can uh, he can really go up and get it. Man, there's a ton of contested catches when you watch him. Absolutely, yeah. We're excited about his potential in the NFL, and maybe he might be around at 42 when the Colts are on the board there in the second round. Daniel Jeremiah has been our guest, NFL Network analyst, Move the Sticks podcast. He's going to be all over your TV screen, rightfully so, on the NFL Network coming up on April 28th through the 30th with the 2022 NFL Draft from Las Vegas. Daniel, where? give me your top two to three different things to do in Las Vegas. How excited are you for Sin City for the draft, man? <laughs> Well, I, I'm like a simpleton, so you know, just <laughs> going and looking at the at the fountains at the Bellagio. That's like I, I'm just like one of the five year olds. I could just sit out there and watch that all day long and be Same, happy. Yeah. Be. And I actually think that's where our set is, I believe, for the draft. So I'm, I'm, I might be a little distracted there checking out the fountains. <laughs> Well, stay safe, be smart, and uh, I know you will. So we really appreciate the time, man. Continued success. Love your work, and thanks again. All the best. Take care. May take great stuff with Jeremiah. I know he is a busy man this time of year. Here's the thing to be. Let me just be transparent, folks, if you're listening to this really quick. I'm an idiot. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. I'm an idiot because we had Daniel Jeremiah 
and I could not connect. Technologically speaking, I'm still baby steps. I mean, that's what it's, I couldn't connect. I'm an idiot. What at the end of the day, I'm an idiot, but I'm back on, so we're here. But listen, we're gonna take a quick time out, and I promise you we'll be back. <laughs> no, with we're all ever talking you know, like at 10 o'clock in the morning, and Jeffrey like 955 is like, hey, this isn't working. I was like, well, we'll figure it out. Don't worry. I we'll mean, make it, we'll I make mean, do. Sometimes you just gotta be clean and be honest, folks. And in this case, I am. I am an idiot. But we're taking a time out. We're going to give you the former credit union question of the week regarding your Colts history and drafting tight ends. Okay, we got a tight ends tribute question coming up. We're also going to break down Derek Carr's new deal in Vegas. Sorry, Mate. Derek Carr is off the board. I know you covet that quarterback and have for years, but he signed like a three-year extension. We're going to find out why Baker Mayfield is not happy about his falling out in Cleveland. Plus, he had a dog on the sofa the other day. I don't know if you saw that or not, but he was the star of that thing. It was a little uncomfortable at times, but he was comfortable. Listen, it's all coming back, rather, on the NFL grab bag. This is the last word. 93.5, The Fan. This is your weekly fix on Colts football. The last word with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor. All right, Maytay, Matt Taylor. Now you're talking your wheelhouse. We heard Social D earlier. Now you got Moody Blues going. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. If there's a couple, if you can, if you can pick five songs to take with you to a desert island, that's all you got to listen to. <laughs> Tuesday afternoon. That might be one of mine from the this Moody is, Blues. Uh, this is one of my mom's favorite songs. Really? My, mom, my mother. My Carol Taylor, huge Moody Carol. Blues fan. I'm not sure. I'm not sure Moody Blues has made my cut for the Desert Island criteria, but. Still Carol a good song, Taylor, nonetheless. Yeah. Well, have you listened to the Moody Blues with Carol? Yeah, yeah. We we've, we've sat on the back porch and 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 uh, turned it up a little bit. Yeah. I love it, bro. Oh, I love it. My, I couldn't do that with my mind. It would have been Barbara Streisand if that's the case. It's See, the there best you go. I can. That's, the that's still beautiful. It's still beautiful. It is beautiful. Listen, the Colts have teamed up with Anthem Blue Cross. <laughs> still beautiful. <laughs> Blue Cross and Blue Shield, I just got that. To recognize school teachers, administrators, nurses, and staff members who go above and beyond for their students, their schools, and their communities. Nominate your classroom quarterback today at Colts.com slash classroom quarterbacks. Forum Credit Union question of the week time, Maytay. Uh, let's talk about some tight ends. And when you talk about tight ends in this Colts era, Dallas Clark comes to mind. So I'm going to throw that one out there before we read this question. The Colts have drafted only one tight end under Chris Ballard, and that was Kylan Granson last year yep. in 2021. Okay. The franchise has invested only four top 100 picks in the position since 2003. I'm going to say that again. The franchise has invested only four top 100 picks in the tight end position since wow. 2003. I gave you Dallas Clark, okay? Well, that wasn't there fair. There is one. That's not fair. All right. Well, come on. I mean, my gosh, he's going to yeah, be up on the right. ring of honor one day. So, I mean, it's Dallas Clark. I'm giving you that. I got three more. I need them. Tight ends that have been picked in the top 100 of the NFL draft positions for the Colts since 2003. All right. So, top 100 means like first three rounds and then a little yes, bit sir. of change in the fourth round. So, in the last 20 years. Okay, two guys come to mind immediately because they were drafted in the same year. Ironically, the first year I started working with the Colts, that was 2012. And I think Dwayne Allen was a guy that was drafted in the second round. He won the Mackey, he won the Mackey Award, yep. Yeah, 
Actually, no. Fleener was drafted in the second round and Allen in the third and round, Allen in right? the third round. Yeah, okay. that was it. So that's the thing. I remember that well. Then, uh, you know, don't forget the offensive coordinator at that time was Bruce, Bruce Arians. Arians and yep. he wanted a couple of tight ends. He got two of the best in the draft in Dwayne Allen and Kobe Fleener. Can you name the last one? I'll give you a little hint. It happened early. It's 2004. This young man came out of Columbus, Ohio, Ohio State. So and quite the- frankly, he's a heck of a media member now. I love it. I love what he's doing. You hear him all over ESPN. uh, Manning guy, uh, Ben Hartsock. Yes. Hartsock, Ben Hartsock. That's right. He was 68th overall in O-Floor. Kobe Fleener and uh, Dwayne Allen went second and third rounds. And, of course, Dallas Clark was the 24th overall pick in 2003, my first year with the Colts. I met Dallas Clark for the first time when he was drafted. Ursay sent the plane for him. He came in with family. He had on a pair of Dockers that were four sizes too big for him and a dress shirt that was another four sizes too big to him. And then just to see what he was so good, man. It was like, wait a second, because Polian, that was a Polian pick. And people were like, yep. wait a minute, Dallas Clark? Wait, Iowa? Are we sure? Is he a first round? Remember, it was like all yeah. that sort of. Is he really a first-rounder that they got? So anyway, obviously, proof in the pudding. Dallas Clark, one of the greatest ever wear the horseshoe. Love the kid, too, off the field. The young man, I should say, and he's still a Colt and always will be a Colt. Oh, yeah, and he went to Baltimore, too, and a nice couple of TD catches, mm-hmm. I remember. Yep. All right, Dallas Clark, it's good to talk about you today. Uh, the NFL grab bag time. It is time to bring it out. We're brought to you by our friends at Meyer, the official super center of the Indianapolis Colts and proud sponsor of 100 of local sports teams across the Midwest. Open up the grab bag. The NFL never sleeps. This is the NFL Grab Bag on the last word. Tony Dungy, the diversity coaching fellows have been named. The Colts this week announced Brent Jackson and Jamel Matunga as the inaugural Tony Dungy diversity coaching fellows for the 2022 season. Jackson will serve as the defensive Dungy fellow, while Matunga will be the offensive Dungy fellow. The Colts created the Tony Dungy diversity fellowship earlier this year to provide an opportunity for diverse and talented football coaches to gain valuable experience as they progress in their careers. Maytay, I love this. The more, the merrier. I, I wish coaching staffs could be 60 deep, but they're not. They're getting bigger and bigger every year. But what an opportunity for young coaches to come in and learn about the game at the professional level. You'll be seeing some of these young men and women, by the way, as uh, the years go on at, at top positions in the NFL. Well done. Well, no, done. that's true. I mean, th- there were women considered for this, and we've got an interview with uh, Brent Jackson up right now on the Colts Audio Network. Really impressive guy. He spent the last seven seasons coaching at the college level, uh, began his career as a student assistant at Louisiana. That's his alma mater coach there. He's also coached at Auburn and Oregon. And then Matunga has a ton of college experience as well. Most recently at Rutgers, he was the offensive quality control coach there for the last couple of seasons. So this is incredibly cool what the Colts are doing. There's been a lot of chatter about how do we improve diversity in the NFL league-wide, and the Colts are doing something about it. They are making a difference. And it's going nowhere. That'll be around forever. I love it. It's a, Again, the Tony Dungy Diversity Coaching Fellows name. You want more information on that, you can go to Colts.com. Also download the Colts app. Okay, Mate, I talked about Derek Carr. Uh, before the break, he signed a $121.5 million deal. It'll keep him there for three years in Vegas. They've got new leadership there. Obviously, a lot going on in the front office with what happened to Gruden now into this year. It's a great team. They're young. 
car is going nowhere, even though every year they were talking about, where is he going to end up? I'd love him in the horseshoe, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, you saw it coming. New GM, new head coach. You're going to invest in He's going nowhere. He's going going to be there through 2025. He is one of the best. You know, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We were talking the other day just internally inside the office with the AFC West and the, the quarterbacks inside that division. You know, you got Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Justin Herbert, Jeffrey. I can right. think of of no other division that has rivaled that in terms of quarterbacks in the recent past. And then it also kind of spurred a debate. What was the toughest point of the AFC South in terms of quarterbacks? Right? So you go back to 2002. What was the okay. toughest point of the AFC South in terms of quarterbacks across the board within the four teams in the division. I'm going to give you time to think because I know I'm putting you right on the spot oh here. Oh, my God. Come on. I mean, what? I jotted Blaine down. Gabbard? Do I have to go through the Blaine Gabbard years? And well, I, I jotted down 2002 because at that point you had Manning, Steve McNair, David Carr, and then you had a Mark Brunel who was right at the end of his career. And then, of course, Manning and McNair both won was MVPs. Was Carr any good? Yeah, David Carr is a rookie, you know, that oh, year. Oh, okay, it's a rookie, okay. And then the the He's only on the NFL for a while, I know that. Right, and the, the only other uh, year that that sort of rivals that would be 2018. You had Luck, Deshaun Watson, Marcus Mariota, and Blake Bortles. But I think the right. tie probably goes to 2002 because of Manning what and McNair off? were MVPs of, of 2002. There's no better. I mean, if you have two guys that are sharing an MVP quarterback in the same division, uh, game over. That division's the best. That, you know what I'm saying right. in football but, as far as quarterback play goes. No question about it. But my point is, even at the height of, of quarterback play in the AFC South, historically, in the gotcha. last 20 years, that's nothing top to bottom like we see right now in the AFC West. All right, Baker Mayfield. Let's talk another quarterback real quick. He was on the YNK podcast this week, and he said he was told one thing, and the Browns completely did another. Obviously, he's bitter after Deshaun Watson's coming in. He was on this podcast, which is also filmed. I saw it on social media. Uh, His dog was inappropriate next to him on the couch. I thought it was... uh, (laughs) For mature audiences only to uh, watch the spread, it was almost like a play playgirl spread or something that was going on there. It was, with yeah, the it, dog. it was you know, It was funny. It was very, very odd. Very hey, that's weird. what dogs do. Your dog does that, and they all do it. And this <laughs> camera happened to be on. Okay, but seriously, getting to Mayfield, I love the kid. I do. I, I mean, I'm. I, he's not my quarterback. We can't talk about it. Whatever. I love the way he plays. He's a gunslinger. Major issues some games. Other games, he looks good. Uh, he wants to be a leader. He's talked about Seattle potentially being a landing spot. But this is an alpha male, a number one overall pick, don't forget, who wants to run a program. And right now he's, you know, kind of a man without a team. I think that'll change, though, sometime, somehow, some way, because of the quarterbacks in this situation in the NFL. If you find a good one or even above average one, they don't go many places. I don't know where he's going to end up with Seattle if it's a long term. But I like Baker Mayfield is my point. I think he'll have another opportunity. I agree, but I I just don't know. If it's going to be next season, there's just not a lot of quarterback openings right now. You talked about Seattle. Um, so if it's not Seattle, I just I just don't know. I, I think he's really going to have to work through some stuff. He's going to have to reprove it. He's going to have to show it all over again that he's one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. If it's not Seattle, I just I don't know. And even with that, even with the Seahawks, I don't see them doing anything with him until after the draft. So you know, we, we talked about this with um, Daniel Jeremiah, Jeffrey. There's there's something attractive to having a young quarterback on a rookie deal 
because of what you can do roster mechanic-wise around I'm with you. They owe him $18.5 million this year. I mean, somebody's paying the kid almost $19 million to play on their team. That being said, there's not a lot of openings right now for starting quarterbacks, is my point. Right. But, like, but, that, but it's, my, it's not definitive for is, next season. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? My point is somebody is going to pay that kid because he has to, whether it's the Browns, the Seattle Seahawks, the Arizona Cardinals, I don't know. But somebody's going to take – the Browns are going to pay the most of it, I believe, if they do end up shipping this guy somehow, some way. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, if he doesn't play in this season, I mean, if he doesn't play and see a lot of action, people will be – you know, turning around in, in 2023 saying, okay, we got Mayfield now. He's on our roster. He's good. He's with a new team. That's just what happens with this league. We've seen it. With that that I agree with. Absolutely. But as far as next season, him being a starting quarterback, that that's yeah. going to be tough. All right. I had fun. We went off on a couple of tangents. We probably shouldn't have. Baker Mayfield may have been one of them right there. But Mayte, I hope you have a good weekend. We got spring coming up. The NFL draft is right around the corner. Colts will have you covered. Again, don't forget, you can go to Colts.com, find out the latest information. More on Stephon Gilmore signing there. Colts will announce it, it looks like, next week. But the uh, the word on the street, the rumor has it, Stephon Gilmore in the stable now for the Colts. It's going to be fun watching him pair up with Kenny Moore and the boys. Mate, I had a lot of fun, man. I hope you have a great weekend. You too, man. Happy Easter. All right. Happy great Easter weekend, everybody. Coming up next, you bet with Bet Rivers.